Is your soul ready for the truth? Welcome to Chatcast, the award-winning spiritual podcast that takes on all the hard topics. Raw, unfiltered, and authentic. No spiritual or relationship issue is off limits. We discuss everything from sex and consent to equality, grief, death, and the spirit world. Life evolves around relationships. So if you're ready to get right with yourself so you can be right with others, then stay right here because Chatcast is for you. Now, here's your host, spiritual empath, shaman, and multiple award-winning best-selling author, Tracy Dunblazer. Hi, good afternoon. Welcome to Chatcast. Uh, This is the spiritual podcast where we address all the hard topics. And again, my name is Tracy Dunblazer, and today's topic is the spirituality of politics. (laughs) Even thinking about doing this show made me sick to my stomach, you know, because we are in such a harsh cataclysmic uh, conglomeration of different ideologies and viewpoints and experiences. And we're all having to reckon with the very real truths of not only what we've created in this country, this country being the United States, it's Veterans Day, and my heart and soul and love go to all the veterans and their families. But actually, there's no no but. That is true. But today I was contemplating, you know, politics and how, you know, we politics is the thing that then leads to war. I am not (laughs) pro-war ever, but I understand where we are on the planet. I understand where we are as human beings, that we are learning how to assert ourselves and to feel powerful and to be powerful. And part of that learning of power is to assert it and aggress, you know, be an aggressor on other people. We do it in the name of progress. And politics is the vehicle that we use to do that. And so I really wanted to talk about the spirituality of politics. I don't, I'm not here to talk about, you know, the role of government or some of the role of government, but politics and uh, Democrat, Republican, independent, left side, right side. I'm not really here to talk about that because there's a very fundamental humanitarian expression that comes from creating a govern, you know, essentially politics is the conglomerate of all of the activities that happen to run a country or another area. It's, it's, it's how we run the things that we all have in common. 
that's not really what we've done with politics. We've, we've used, we use politics as a weapon. We use it as a vehicle to spread information. That's not true. We use it to, well, we, as a weapon to criticize people, to judge people, to perpetuate our own lack of understanding of things. And this is not the politician's fault because politics by its very nature, when we talk about the energy of politics, politics and the politicians that we have in office are a representation of the lowest common denominator of humanity. So we take the average spiritual openness of people and we take the best they can be and the worst they can be. And politics is the highest of the lowest. <laughs> Yeah, energetically speaking, politics deals with a realm of humanity when we are learning and developing our ability to, to uh, self-govern. We learn the most about governing ourselves, about our own self-mastery, about our own self-awareness. We learn those things by trying to perpetrate them on others, by trying to judge others, tell them what they should be doing or how they should be doing it. That's, that's what we do. That's not really what politics I don't think was intended to be, but, but we're human beings and that, and it's what we, it's what we do. It's what we have done. And if we're ever going to change it, we have to recognize what we can do and what this really is a reflection of. So you can take the party that you're interested in or that you follow or if you deliberately don't follow or want to tune it all out because it's just too much, <laughs> whatever it is, your relationship to politics gives you an idea of how you are relating to those aspects of yourself. And when I say aspects of yourself, I mean your ability to know who you are, what you want, where you're at, and your willingness to accept yourself and make changes, and then to accept others. To get to a point within your own mastery and your own awareness that you can recognize your judgment of other people as information about you. It's not information about them. It's you seeing a part of you reflected on them. And if you like it, great. And if you don't like it, now you know about it. So now you can change it. When I was contemplating this topic, one of the things that came up was that unity comes after accountability. So we talk about wanting, you know, unity, the, the connecting, finding a common ground that we can all participate in for the good of everyone, right? We're, we're never ever going to be fully unified because we are all, every, every individual is in a different state of development and in a different state of their uh, humanitarian 
expression. Everybody's in a different place and, and doing different things, learning different things and, and being different things. They're expressing different dynamics. And some of those dynamics are completely incompatible. But what we're seeing is that there is a common ground. There is a place where we can all connect. In our society, we've made those religion and politics. The two things that you definitely don't want to be talking about over Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, how many, how many specifically, like who, who's got a family member that always brings something up? something that nobody wants to talk about. You know, I mean, I am never, I never support or condone, you know, not talking about things. But I recognize that 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 is a place where people, they just lose their shit. They, they want to be right. Their way is right. When the truth is, is, is every, every way that somebody lives is what is right for them at the moment. And it may not be spiritually right. It might be creating a spiritual pattern for them that is harmful in ways that they don't know. Right? That happens oftentimes. And that's why, that's why I wanted to bring up this topic to really help you recognize that your alignment in politics and religion or, or and how you, and your relationship to that, whatever religion, it's not about choosing any one religion or any one religion is better or right, more right than another. It's not about that. It's about your willingness to be accountable for your own relationship with the creator. Religion is a path to that relationship, but it is not the relationship. Politics is a path to governance, self-governance. But we are the only ones that can truly govern ourselves. We have rules and regulations. You know, we say, hey, don't do this or don't do that. But the truth is, those are just consequences for the choices that we make. And that's the element where people have to begin to understand that what you believe is your responsibility. the impact that it has on you, where your mind goes, where your focus goes, the choices that it presents in front of you and the ones that you're inspired to make or pushed to make and the impact that those have on you and other people. When you make choices that solely save you, they support you, not other people, but just you. Eventually that begins to isolate you and it leaves you disconnected from the larger group of energy, of people, of support that can connect to you because you have disconnected already from them by being self-centered in your choices. When we make choices that don't take into consideration the people in our environment, that makes us smaller and it energetically disconnects us. A lot of, a lot of times people 
and this is kind of a, this is a spiritual thing, but we connect it to religion. People will focus on, uh, you know, God, bring me this, help me, <laughs> oh Lord, help me, right? But they're going to the Lord when the Lord is always there and the Lord is here and the Lord is, is present in the people around you. Whether or not you know it, whether or not you believe it, right? Whether or not you have bias towards the people in your environment, right? But that's you. That's you disregarding the options because you are putting your focus. I'm not saying that it, that calling on the Lord is important, but saying, well, the Lord's going to help me. So, and these people, I don't want these people to help me. Here's the help that's being offered to me, but that's not the way that I want it. So, because trust me, God does not care about that. God's going to give you help. And if it comes in a way that you will accept it, great. And if it doesn't, then that's on you. And these are the lessons that we learn when we engage in politics, when we engage in religion. We begin to learn more about our own self-mastery. I wanted to read a couple of things, but the first one is, oh, this is, I'm sorry, this is my book, Conquer Your Karmic Relationships, Heal Spiritual Trauma to Open Your Heart and Restore Your Soul. I bring it up every time because it's got some good gems in here. And one of them is the time of cataclysmic politics, earthly changes and humanitarian confusion is both powerful and life affirming for those who will accept the challenge of digging deep to unravel and heal their own self-contempt. Mm. <laughs> their own self-contempt. Just drink that in for a minute. You know, I. every human being, when we are angry with our society, we're also or, or, or angry in its inability to move forward, we're also angry with ourself and our unwillingness to, to move forward, to be flexible, to be open to new opportunity, to be open to change in any way, shape or form. And so I want to throw that out there. I want you to give me a call. Sam's going to put the number up on the screen very shortly. It's 323. 203-0815. Cause I'm going to talk about this. We're going to have a, an ad shortly, but after, after the ad, I want, I want you to, I want to hear what you have to say about what I've said so far and about how you think and feel about accountability and personal self-mastery. Here's our ad. Are you haunted? Demons know about you. You should know about them. Master your inner world. Embrace your power with joy brings the information that many who suffer spiritual trauma have been waiting for. And the response has been powerful. In this award-winning book, renowned spiritual empath and shaman, Tracy Dunblazer, helps readers understand 
and gain advantage over spiritual forces and past life influences that impact their lives. Tracy reveals the origin of dark forces and how choices you make will dictate their access to you. Through the tapestry of anecdotes, channelings, and rituals, you will discover your own spiritual awareness and healing power. Master Your Inner World by Tracy Dunblazer. Available where books are sold. Hi, welcome back to Chatcast. Today we are talking about the spirituality of politics. I want to read another excerpt here from the book. It's called The the Karma of Politics and Religion. Karma dictates that every individual will have the opportunity to cultivate a deeper understanding of themselves and others. That means understanding life from all perspectives. Some people will do this over multiple lifetimes and others will traverse many perspectives in one lifetime. The more religious and political experience one has, the more difficult it is to choose ideologies that exclude others. I'm going to stop there for a minute. Isn't that interesting? When you when you think about the long game, <laughs> karma karma is is uh, whether it, whether you consider it um, spiritual imprints that you're in, in, incarnated with, or whether or not you believe in past lives and that you've lived many of them and you've done other things and then you come into this life as who you are today. Regardless of what you believe, we have spiritual imprints that guide us. And the more information we have on certain topics, the the more proficient we're going to be at it, the more value we're going to give it, or maybe the less interest we need to have in it because we, we can already do the things that we gained from having the lifetimes of living in those ways. So politics and religion is all about relationships. It's all about your relationship to yourself, your relationship to others, and your relationship with the creator. And learning that self-mastery, gaining the authority over yourself. Again, one of the first ways that we do that is we begin to see how, how our world is reflected back to us and then the, the, the lens through which we see it. Did you know that you could have multiple viewpoints in one lifetime? I mean, that, I, I'm always reassured by that, to know that we go, you know, you can start out one place, maybe your family does this, or, you know, your loved one, or your husband, or your wife, or your partner, you know, through, we go through different relationships in life, and, and we are deeply impacted by the, those relationships. And each relationship we have, they're not the truth, necessarily, they are the truth that we are in relationship to. Right. And so we learn a, a specific ideology or a belief system, or we learn that's what things are in our world. We learn, we, we are taught that the world is a particular way, but that doesn't mean that the world is that way. It just means that that's what the exposure is that we have to it. And it is our right, entitlement, and responsibility to get the real information, to get to what is true. 
And sometimes people come in with imprints that tell, tell you things about yourself and others that aren't true. We have unreconciled spiritual traumas that are triggered into belief systems that support that trauma. And so we believe if we change it, that somehow we won't be protected from having that trauma happen again. But that's not true. Right? So everybody has this <laughs> clusterfuck <laughs> of, of belief systems, of things that they are inclined to believe or that they know is true until they dig deeper, until they investigate and then renovate and then reiterate. And they find in that reiteration, they're, they're expressing the th same thing over and over again. They're going to see by their environment what, what works for them, what brings them conflict, what brings them an easy flow, an, inv an invitation and an acceptance. Right? And each of those things that the closer we get to, we'll say, a spiritual truth, a higher spiritual truth, is the more people that ideology can include. Does it include just your family? Does it include your environment? Does it include people that look like you? Does it include that people li live where you live or talk like you do? They're in the same organizations you are. Like, what, what does it include? How many can you include? And the wider your circle gets, the stronger you, you become. Because that really means you have, the more allies you have to embrace yourself and express your purpose in the world. Religion and politics are societal constructs. We use them to help us become familiar with the initial concepts of personal mastery, how to treat people, how to respect ourselves, how to break down and conceptualize the spiritual world, and how to understand the intrinsic power structure in both systems that support or deny all of us in some way at some point in the multiple lives we live. We will be empowered or disempowered within or by both, leading to our eventual independence and esoteric spiritual revolution. This is where we learn to be accountable for every aspect of our mind, heart, body, and spirit, becoming aware of the energy we generate and contribute to the reality we share with others. Isn't that something? The reality that we share with others. Give me a call, 323-203-0815. So I wanna to talk to you about the reality that we share. The next thing that I wanted to talk to you is about our social judgment, mores and opinions that are imparted on the masses. We do that through mass marketing. You know, uh, we've had a, a revolution in body consciousness and body embracing, where before, you know, we, we were presented over and over and over and over and over in every ad you saw, it was predominantly white thin, lovely people. <laughs> and now, over the last decade, there's been this revolution where people are not accepting that anymore because it's not true. You can't, you can't take uh, and represent only one population 
in ads when millions of other people who don't look that way are being represented. And so people have started to say, no, I want to see me there. I want to see, I want to see a real reflection of myself and my environment. And doing that has required this whole other level. We're going to go back to the idea of self-contempt. The more we accept others as they are, what that really means is we are accepting ourselves as we are. You know, we are accepting that extra 10 or 15 or 100 pounds. We are accepting, uh, you know, that we look older than we'd like or younger than we'd like or however. We're beginning to accept ourselves in the temporal ways that we show up every day because every day is different. Human beings fluctuate on every level. Our bodies are 70% water. And so we are, we are fluid and we are always moving and we are always shifting. Some people have an awareness, other people don't. But things are always moving and we are connected to our environment in that way. And it's powerful. So the way we see, pardon me, the way we see our world represented and what we are willing to receive from that mass marketing conglomerate. I mean, if you think about the amount of people who run the companies, like the pharmaceuticals, I see 40 pharmaceutical, uh, oh, that's Paloma. She doesn't like me talking about that. Uh, commercials. I'm talking about commercials. I see them over and over and over and over and over and over and over every day. So much so that I can't, I can't really watch them. I don't, I don't want to be a part of that world. But we, there are a few select groups of people who are telling us the same things over and over and over and over again on different topics. And we have the responsibility to get at what the truth is and then to decipher what choices we can make and why they're valuable to us and to our environment. And so what choices we need to do, what do we need to do about it? Goodness. Do you hear all of this that's going on? I don't know if you can see, look at that. I, I have three of them. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> They are, it's so funny. I, I, I get, I'm talking on this particular topic and they're like, what? <laughs> I don't want that. So how do you, how do you process what other people tell you? What is your process? What protocol do you go through to recognize what is the truth? and what is not the truth. That's a very important question to ask yourself. Hold on, let's ask Charlotte has been wanting to get in on this. So here she is. <laughs> now she's all quiet. How do you process the information coming at you? What do you do with it? 
I'm going to read one more thing before we get ready to go to our next commercial break. It's called Rejection, the Beginning of Self-Mastery. This is a good one. We have a baseline of rejection, how we are conditioned to receive it and use it, whether we are rejecting ourselves or others, things or ideas, food, flavors, or consistencies. It is a pathway to meeting our own needs in this life. It begins with the body's processing of food. If you eat something that isn't right for you, your body will reject it in some way, shape, or form. Whether a subtle or obvious response, your body's intelligence knows what is right for you at any given moment during your life, your life cycle and its changing needs. Learning to listen to your inner voice and your subtle physical responses outside of any fear-based conditioning is the key. We learned how to process information in our early childhood. That's what we, we learned how to process information in our early childhood through our own instinct, but we had very little language. And when we get to a place in our life where we are presented with forces outside of ourselves that are difficult to work with, to deal with, we go back to that very real childlike powerless frame of reference. And we're seeing that a lot today. We're seeing a lot of childlike behavior because people are terrified because they are being triggered in ways that they cannot, they're not, they're not fully understanding them. They can understand them and eventually they will understand them. And that's part of the process. This is not criticism of anybody. That's just what's happening. So we're going to talk more about that. Uh, after this next ad for Conquer Your Karmic Relationship. Your karma got you down? Claim your history, own your power, and change your life. In this groundbreaking book, Tracy Dunblazer takes an in-depth look at your karmic relationships and repetitive patterns that position you in life. This 10-time award-winning best-selling book will inspire change in you. You'll learn all the ways to reveal, accept, forgive, and transform your relationships on every level, not only to your soulmates and romantic relationships, but how you relate to food, money, family, culture, religion, sex, death, and your environment. Conquer your karmic relationships. Heal spiritual trauma to open your heart and restore your soul. We'll help you unearth the very core of what drives you, showing how to direct its power into usable, life-giving resources. Through radical acceptance, learn how to recognize your karmic relationships and love yourself and the life you have right now. Pick up a copy of Conquer Your Karmic Relationships anywhere books are sold. Hi, welcome back to Chatcast. This is Trace Dunblazer, spiritual empath, and this is Mika. It's very interesting. This is the first time all of the animals have tried to be a part of the show because <laughs> they're like what is going on what are you talking about that's some crazy stuff so they all wanted to be a part of it and i completely understand 
in today's political climate, we are all left with having to juggle not only our own sense of survival and frustration about survival, our own ability to have power to make things move in a way we would like, in, in, in a lot of ways. It's very difficult. It's very difficult for us to, we, we are being squeezed right now and, and needing to evolve in such a way that allows us a new level of freedom. And we're all being put in a position to have to do that, sometimes with an audience, sometimes not. Sometimes we feel very isolated, right? We feel isolated from others. We are left in a position to really have to see parts of ourselves that we don't appreciate or enjoy. So what do you do with that? I'm going to read you something. Uh, I'm going to read you something, and then we're going to talk about different things that we can do to shift that for ourselves by first taking an inventory of what we're doing, what we need, where we're at, how we feel. After I read this, y'all can give me a call at 323-203-0819. This is called The Karma of Dignity and Respect. Again, it's from Conquer Your Karmic Relationships. Some would say that finding true dignity for yourself and respect for others releases you of karma. As most of us relate to karma as something harsh and binding, it certainly can feel that way. The truth is your karma is what you've made it. On a personal level, it is your inherent reactions over time to your choices, thinking, and behavior. Acting with dignity and respect creates higher vibrational waves of energetic response. Does that mean everyone becomes dignified and respectful around you? While you certainly have a choice about how you, about who you continue to spend your days around, you can't control others and your karma will, at least for a while, dictate where you can be the most helpful either to yourself or others. Living with dignity and respect is something that you do for yourself not because there's a payoff. Dignity and respect are like a salve to an ancestral scar. Day by day, removing layers of pain, grief, disbelief, and confusion that you may not know you have. Honoring others and their insights can become a paved road instead of a, instead of a rocky one, allowing you to deeply understand, understand yourself and your karma and eventually others. So the more we interact with dignity, and that means we respect others, that means uh, if, if we engage in a conflict or a topic that is difficult, that we own how we feel, we are firm in our boundaries, but we're also willing to listen to how other people feel. I mean, that's the key. That's one of the things that's not happening right now. You know, it's the reason why there's all this disinformation that is allowed to get out there because we are unwilling to listen to people. We're unwilling to 
hear them and understand why they have the beliefs that they do. We get stuck in the thing that's being the, the, the thing that's being parroted out over and over and over and over again without really engaging in the conversation, which is why do you believe that? Why is that why is that valuable to you? What is that what is that going to get for you? How does that include everyone? How does that support you? Or does it? Because half of these things that are being put out there, they don't support people. They're belief systems that only are intended to, to generate enough conflict to create more conflict and attract more conflict and attract more conflict. And that's literally their purpose. Because the more you are distracted by the conflict that's happening, the more you are in fear of the conflict that's being perpetuated, the more you are not paying attention to the people who are seeking to get over on you. Here's the thing. It is always, you know, I, I participate in our political system. I appreciate it. And I, and I appreciate it for what it is. It's, it is a, a venue through which we can seek to govern what is best for all of us. But the system we have doesn't really do that. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't account for all of us. It accounts for a few of us. And in knowing that, I don't look to the government to get me what I need. You know, that's, that's, I, I can't, I can't attach myself to a system that is not going to give me what I need and what I deserve. I have to create that for myself. You know, I, I think, I think that our government, it's set up to be faulty. It's set up to be fraudulent. You know, if you fear that fraudulent stuff is going on, of course it is. So what's most important is how you're going to participate in that. You know, the, our, our politicians, our government can only be as effective and masterful as we are as human beings, as we are in our own integrity, as we are in including other people. So while we, while we still have a, a lot of people in our society who have bias, social bias, racial bias, you know, while we still live in this society, in this system, this justice system, right? When we still live in a system that is not for everyone, we're not going to have a governing body that is going to be for everyone. Of course not. So what can we do about that? It starts with dignity and respect. I know that that is irritating to hear, <laughs> right? I, I'm not saying that dignity and respect cannot be uh, revolutionary because it can. It can absolutely be revolutionary, right? It takes, a, it takes a lot of courage to stand up and say things and speak for yourself and to listen to others. It takes courage to do those things. But you can first start with your own behavior and then work outward. Get right with yourself so that you can start doing whatever is the next thing for you to do that is righteous in the world for the good of all. We've got a few more minutes here, so you can call me at 323-203-0815 if you want to chat with me about this topic. 
the energy or the spirituality of politics. But I want to read you one other thing. You know, I was thinking about authority and what authority is for us. We have, we have so many things that we are taught from childhood uh, as to who are the authorities. We don't, we don't always teach that, that, well, I don't even know that we, I, I don't think I ever once learned that I was my own authority, that I could make my own decisions and do what I needed. I'm just shown all these people, all these adults in my life who have a more authority than me. And how do I have to respect that? Even if they're disrespectful people, we never once, you know, that, that whole concept. I mean, I learned in the, in the sixties and seventies, right. With the people in the, in the, in the eighties and nineties, the more we understand how human beings can be awful. And the more we see pedophilia and different, different uh, people who perpetrate on children or vulnerable adults, the more we see that, the more we've begun to understand that all these, you know, our, our, our priests and our pastors, our, our police and, and uh, coaches, like we, all of these authority figures, we've realized they're people too. And they're not always people who are above board. They're just not. Just because you do that for a job doesn't mean that you are a righteous human being that has an open heart filled with love for all of your fellow, fellow man and woman. <laughs> so we, we've had to teach more and more about personal authority, personal empowerment, becoming the authority and learning how to navigate or uh, what's the word I want? Negotiate being in a situation with an authority who really shouldn't have that authority. And there are a lot of them. And there are a lot of people out there. I know, you know, I know, you know what I'm talking about. Who've had to, who've had to be in a situation and have to very carefully navigate them their way out of a situation with a person who can do real damage to them or their career or their life or their family. That's some deep stuff there. And people are out there having to, to work with that. We all ha have to learn to be our own authority and get through to the next moment. To be safe and to get through to the next moment. So um, I wanted to talk about the idea of trust because that's, that's really what we're talking about. The more we, we recognize, recognize human infallibility in these people that we've considered the authoritarians of our lives, the adults, the, the whatever, who, who are teachers who have taught us, mentored us, instructed us, given, you know, given us our boundaries or rules or regulations that we must follow, right? There comes a time when we have to question those in ways to help us regain our own sense of self-trust, our own sense of intuitive knowing what we need and then finding ways of getting that for ourselves that do no harm to others. So 
uh, trust. Learn to trust that the creator has your highest intentions in mind, even beyond your ability to recognize them. And that there's a path that exists to a life that allows for your contentment, if you will listen. Depending on where you are right now, there's a series of optimal experiences that will lead you to heal, repair, transform, express yourself, and thrive. Trust is the dynamic to be cultivated and will become the most valuable skill set you, you possess as it has the power to change outcomes. When you trust that your world will take care of you, that it will provide for you all you need, you begin to activate the vibration of that sentiment in everything you do. It's like a beacon to your environment, giving you first what you need and then what you want. Trust. And I know, you know, it how do when we when we look at our, our political system and it's not really fair to everyone. It's just not fair to everyone. It's just not. And no matter how much we try to negotiate that, we still we still have people judging others and trying to uh, legislate others in a way that's inappropriate. That's still that's happening right now as we speak. So how do you deal with that? How can you be positive? How can you set, you know, change your vibration and <laughs> bring all those good opportunity vibes to you? Well, you do it, you know, like it, one of the things that that just said is, you know, you have to trust, trust the universe has your back. Well, how do you do that when you live in a system that does not have your back and you know it? At some point you have to rely on yourself and your relationship to your creator and to your universe that your universe is going to bring to you the people places and things that can support you that there is a system within a system that is not broken that there is a way for you to connect with those who can honor you in the way that you honor yourself and the more we focus on opening to that vibration, to that flow of energy, rather than getting sucked into the system that doesn't work, that is bias, that is unfair, the more we can get into that higher flow of energy. When I say higher, I mean it, it moves more quickly because it is going to take us the shorter route to the people, places, and things that we need to fulfill our own purpose. That's not, that doesn't mean that it's going to be free of conflict, but it means that we that we have support, that we have a choice, that we're not isolated, we're not alone, and it is not futile. There's always movement. And it also doesn't mean that we're not going to interface with this other system that doesn't work. But what it means is that there's always going to be a, a way around 
what you need. There's going to be a way around, if there's an obstacle to getting it, there's going to be a way around that. And that's up to you and your relationship with trust for yourself and for the universe that you live in. So I wanted to add to, to close here. We've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, dealing with outer forces. Addressing outer forces in your life begins with your acknowledgement and understanding of their impact on you. Answering all the questions to follow will give you an idea of your current level of empathy and trust. Until you can accept the ways in which the world impacts you, you will be powerless to change it. So if you're watching this, and if, uh, hopefully you'll come back and you'll rewatch this, because right now I'm just going to run through these questions because I really want to get them in. But I want you to take time when you re-listen to this to, to go through and answer each question for yourself, to give yourself some insight where you're at. Do you feel better about yourself or less so when in the presence of the people in your life or at your job? When someone is angry in your midst, do you become irritable yourself? If someone is speaking loudly or yelling at you, are you able to remain in focus? Do you believe the world outside will take care of you in a pinch? How often do you experience a crisis in your personal world? On a scale of one to 10, how safe do you feel doing day-to-day -day activities? In general, when running personal errands, do you meet people who are pleasant or unpleasant? When you cross paths with someone during your day who needs help, on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to help? When evaluating your sensitivities to people outside of your normal realm, it's important to think of it in terms of managing your emotions, your empathy and your emotions. So I want you to reevaluate, I want you to evaluate that stuff and answer some of those questions just to kind of see what kind of trust you're dealing with. And I wanna hear your comments. Tune in to me at tracydunblazer.com or beaslayer.com. And if you want to pick up a copy of Conquer Your Karmic Relationships, you can get it anywhere books are sold. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, again, this is Tracy Dunblazer, and this has been Chatcast. Thank you. You've been listening to Chatcast with Tracy Dunblazer, the award-winning spiritual podcast that takes on all the hard topics. Join us next time for more in-depth conversations about life and relationships. Thanks for listening.